You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we talk to American Teresa Russell. Teresa shares with us just some of her journey so far in life, starting from being a single mum at 17 to becoming a successful entrepreneur and a marathon runner. And now she works with women who are in the perimenopause slash menopause stage of their lives. I hope you enjoy this fascinating conversation with an inspiring lady. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am delighted to introduce you to a new friend from a little bit further away than many of my recent guests have been, Teresa Russell. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here, Michelle. People can probably hear by your accent that maybe you don't live here in Tasmania or in Australia with me. Um, where are you from? Where do you, where do you live? I live in um, North Carolina in the ah, United States. Ah, yes. Well, I can pick up that American accent, which is awesome. <laughs> um, do, have you always lived there? Where did you grow up? No, actually, I grew up in New York, upstate New York, they mm. call it. So it's away from the city. Anything that is not in New York City, people say upstate. <laughs> I've heard that in movies. We're all very indoctrinated with American culture, I think. Yeah, upstate, upstate New York. Yeah. yeah. So um, I was 12 when I moved to North Carolina. Um, mm -hmm. My parents came down on vacation to visit my aunt and we saw the sunshine. Oh. And in one weekend, my dad got transferred our house got sold and we moved. Oh, that was wow. It. How did that feel? Like, cause you would have had, like, you said you were 12, you would have had friends and yeah. quite an established, you know, little life of your own. Was that a shock? Yeah. It seemed a pivotal time in your life. Yeah. Um, it was, but I'd never been out of, you know, my little town, Yeah, you know, a couple of towns around me. We had never been anywhere because there was too many kids. We didn't, Yeah. we never even went out. I mean, to go out to dinner or, or something, I think I remember going twice. One time it was McDonald's, if you want to count that. So really one time we went to a restaurant because there were too many kids in my family. How many? And um did you how many children? Well well, um both my parents remarried. Yep. So um a total of like twelve. Oh wow. And That's um That's, yeah. No wonder. <laughs> You just started your own restaurant. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so I was only, I was raised with um, seven kids, yeah. you know, in the house that I, I lived in. And and then um, my dad who raised me, um, his sister came to live with us and she was um, what they called back then retarded. You know, we don't use those yeah, words yeah. now, but yeah. she it's had disabled. Yeah, yeah. Her mind was about a nine-year-old. Yeah which was awesome because she was the best little friend I could oh. ever pick my bed, my buddy to play with me. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. So, yeah. So it wasn't like, you know, how some people, I always find this interesting whenever I've had change, even when I was a kid in my life, those kind of things, even though it seems like a big upheaval looking back, 
I was always excited because things were changing and it's just part of my personality. I kind of look forward yeah. more than I do back. Whereas other people, it can be a real, real challenge when those things happen, you know, those where everything around you's changed yeah. and how you cope with it. Some people really find it difficult. I thought it was, ex- I thought it was exciting. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause it was like, a, I don't know. I was going to go to a new school the next year anyway, because I had just finished my sixth grade okay. and in America, normally seventh grade, you start, you know, yeah. they've changed it since then, but normally you change, you go into the next level of school, yeah, which is a different and, um, building. Yeah. So friends. I was going to possibly lose friends anyway. Um, okay. So yeah, I was excited. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was excited. Um, <laughs> in your, in at school, in either place I'm not sure if you can remember um when before uh when before you turned 12 but do you remember what sport was like for you at school sports yeah um I never um that's the funny part out of all the girls in the family I'm the one that was not the athletic one I'm the only one out of five girls that did not make the gymnastic team. I couldn't do a somersault straight. I would go to the right <laughs> or the left and I couldn't do a somersault. And wow. um, so I was the, I was like the sedentary child because um, I was a little, I looked a little chunky because I'm very short. I'm only like five, one and a half. Ooh. And so my nickname, all my cousins would call me Benza. And that was the pizza parlor on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> because I was round they said you know yeah yeah I mean it's, when you're short horrible. like that yeah when you're short like that you're compact you know yeah. that's what my dad was saying you're compact yeah. um so I was the one that was not athletic and out of everybody in my family I'm the only one that's athletic now <laughs> and that is another interesting fact but as we get older we can look back and go mm. <laughs> things are polar opposite well, that happens quite yes. a bit doesn't it yeah I've noticed that Got kids who, who are quite athletic at school um if they don't sort of carry it through in that teenagery early 20s year like for some reason have a reason to carry it through they just don't they that's it their sports sort of yeah. stay in at school and then um yeah they don't become sporty as adults yeah nobody <laughs> yeah I I think it's just very I mean I think about that a lot because yeah. You know, I was teased so much, but um, when I turned 14, I decided to exercise pretty much every day. Really? So since I've been 14, I've pretty much been very disciplined on some sort of exercise yeah. all the time because I just thought, um, you know, one, I don't, I don't want to be called names and it's yeah. not like I lost a lot of weight or anything because yeah. even when I weighed, um, 109 pounds over here, I don't know what that would be in kilos, but, um, that's not really, that's really not that heavy, um, for my height, but I still had to wear boys jeans because my thighs were just a little thick. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas now I'd probably, and that's, again, that's a perception our culture has, but it's probably a pretty cool thing actually to have 
thick thighs and a big bottom and that's a big thing at the moment isn't it yeah exactly <laughs> it's interesting I, yeah exactly yeah or or you're um or sometimes I guess from from my perspective yeah. if I see someone with thick thighs I think oh they're a cyclist or something you know my brain gets yes goes into that zone instead yeah I think that there are um, I would say that I thought that I had um thighs like Apollo Ano who used to be a speed oh, skater oh wow <laughs> yeah I remember that name and sprinters yeah. as well of course sprinters are yes. very they've got very strong legs because they work out a lot to get their legs muscles going exactly yeah <laughs> all right so, so that's what I always thought so you did do um you, you started kind of thinking about movement and exercise and making it part of your life when you were still a teenager which is pretty cool yeah what sort of things did you do at school? Like when, before you left school, what was your, what were you excited about? Like apart from the exercise element, what were your kind of hobbies? What? Um, well, I mean, I loved cooking. So yeah. um, I wanted to do, I thought for my, my path, I was going to be a dietitian. That's what I yeah. thought. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, I've just always liked um, I would make my mom and dad, um, breakfast in bed, like every oh, weekend, nice. the coffee, the, you know, the pancakes, the eggs, everything. I just really enjoyed being in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know why I still do that. I, yep. I love, um, I like baking. I like <laughs> cooking, all that kind of stuff. I'm I mean, a it's just what do we call it here? A procrastinator baker. So I love baking too, but often you'll see me doing it when I should be doing something else. So I procrastinate <laughs> and bake when I should be doing bake. something else. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I just, I mean, I enjoy it. So like Christmas time, I make um, all the cookies. My grandmother used to bake for my family. Yeah. I, I bake, I mail them out and, um, oh, wow. just so you that they can, can mail them out yeah. as well. How do you stop them breaking? Yeah. Sorry, just from a practical perspective. Well, um, some of them that are very delicate, I try to put them like, I put one layer of some kind of cookie at the bottom and then I put the delicate ones kind of like in the middle of whatever okay. I'm mailing it in and just hope it does. <laughs> Nobody ever complains. Nobody's ever okay. said the cookies were broken wow. and um, yeah, they love them. I mean, my oh, family just awesome. eats it up. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> and I mean, that's kind of like my gift to them too. It's yeah. mostly my brothers that like the, the cookies. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> that I have to mail them yeah because I still have um I have three brothers in New York and I have one sister in Vermont one brother in Florida and then the rest are in North Carolina oh wow so, so there's out. plenty of traveling you can do too to go visit yeah <laughs> which yes. is always nice <laughs> yeah um, when you left school what did you do what was your plan? um what have you done well, um, when I left school, um, I ended up, well, I don't know how much you want to dig in this. Oh, well, whatever you <laughs> want to tell us. It's, uh, it's interesting because most of us don't go in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, uh, mine kind of got messed up a little bit. Um, yeah. I have to say that I, I don't know if I've made a bad decision. I guess I, I did, but I didn't. I don't know how much I want to reveal. No. <laughs> um, Whatever you're um, comfortable with. Well, um, so I was going to get married right out yep. of high school. Yep. And um, and I backed out three days before the wedding. Oh, wow. And um, so 
as a young girl, I think because maybe because I came from such a big family, um, you didn't get a lot of one-on-one attention. Yeah. Um, because you are in such, you know, chaos. And the ones that are really that cause the problem are the ones that are really going to get the attention. And I never wanted the attention. I'm kind of like the peacemaker. Yeah. Um, so when I did get you know, noticed by a boy, you know, and I'm young and I did fall in love when I was 14, um, with him. Um, you know, I made some, I I think I made some bad choices. And one of them was that, um, I had sex, you know, um, and I don't think that it, I don't think I necessarily wanted to, but I just, I think that I just kind of got pressured into it, to be honest. (laughs) Um, so I was going to get married and then I backed out of the wedding three yeah. days before, but I still had my daughter. Aww. So, um, so I was a single parent and, um, I lived with my parents and, um, it was kind of tough because I, I did get, you know, that whole thing of, of not being bullied because I was mm-hmm. a little chunky when I was younger, but, you know, people say stuff about you when you're, yeah. I mean, back then that was horrible, you know, I mean, how I was very humiliated, you know, that, that, you know, I mean, you can't hide something like that. (laughs) My, my, one of my sisters, my younger sisters had a child, uh, like 17 or something. And I can remember being there um, when the child was born and the, the nurse was quite an old and old fashioned lady. And she made some comments about her because she was a, you know, single mom yes. and all of that. And I just, yeah. I can remember, cause it, it wasn't really, I mean, a problem in our family in many ways. I mean, it wasn't ideal, but it wasn't, you know, right. And well, so I can, I understand and how that. It's, you know. Yeah. So that happened. I was 17 when I had my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, a funny thing that happened when I was pregnant with her, um, course I didn't show till I was about seven and a half months pregnant so I I only had like six weeks left by the time you know anybody could tell um but my dad got transferred back to New York and so that was my 11th grade summer my 11th grade school the end of the school year so my 12th grade year I ended up back in New York because we had to follow him and um I couldn't live on my own. I still had one year of school left. And my mom told me something interesting when we went to New York, it was a different area. Mm-hmm. And she just said, you know what? Um, nobody knows who this baby is, right? Yeah. So you can take this chance to not tell anybody mm-hmm. and just live your life. This is, a, this is a time that you can really change who you are. Mm-hmm. you know, as a person, cause I was very, very shy. I was very quiet. I didn't really hang out with anybody. I didn't have a lot of friends, especially, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> how I wouldn't have friends because nobody want, you don't want your daughter to hang out with somebody that's pregnant in high school, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, cause they, you know, so I was taboo, you know, nobody wanted to talk to me. Um, so I was, I was like, you're right. And I decided that I would change the person that I was as far as in school because I was very, very quiet. And, um, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't put my hand up for anything, you know, and, um, I wouldn't talk to anybody. And so when I got up there, my first day, they were in America, you, 
I don't know if it's the same down there, but you have your class president, your class vice president, your the secretary. So it's it's you know structured. They elect you into it, yeah. And it so the like first day, nobody. Council, I think. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. So nobody knew me, and so they needed us. You know, all these things needed to be filled, and I just put my hand up. And I thought, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, my first day, you know, and I'm just going to pretend that I'm in your head. You can your mindset, you can do anything you want to, because your mind really controls everything. Yeah. It controls everything about you. Mm -hmm. So, and I realized that at a very young age. So I thought, you know what, I'm changing who I am. I'm making myself step out of my comfort zone. And so I put my hand up. I, I didn't get elected, but I was so proud of myself that day yeah. because that's something I would have never done. And so I kept doing that. And, um, my younger sister, she's about 18 months younger. She did not like that school at all because everybody would say, oh, that's Teresa's sister, you know, <sighs> because I'm new and, but everybody knew who I was because I just kept pushing myself to get out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I changed some policy and procedures in the school. Um, yeah. they were, um, yeah, for, um, some, some kids were going to be left out of something because of the religion. They could mm -hmm. not participate. Um, and so I, I just went to the superintendent of the whole school district and said, why not just change the date mm -hmm. so that everybody can, everybody can go. Mm -hmm. um, this is something that they earned and they should be able to go, but they can't because of religion. And this is mm -hmm. back, you know, before anybody would talk about this kind of stuff, yes. <laughs> this back way back, like 1982, and, um, and they said, well, that's a good idea. We'll just move the day before and everybody could participate. <laughs> and so they did. And, um, so I did that. I kept making things, you know, things happen. And I got the, at my graduation for my senior year, I, I graduated with something called the I dare you award, which I didn't even know existed. Um, because I changed so many things in that school district and, um, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I just, um, I just made myself into something that I wasn't. I made yeah. myself, um, you know, I just knew that I could, I could make changes in my life because I did not want, because I had this child, I knew at some point, you know, I'm not going to be with my parents mm -hmm. right now. My mom's taking care of her while I go to school and I was offered a full scholarship, um, to be a dietitian, um, because my grades were so high. Mm -hmm. But I did, I did not take it because it was too far away and mm -hmm. I, we were very poor and I knew I would not be able to come back and see my daughter mm -hmm. on a regular basis. It would probably be like every two weeks. Yeah. And I didn't think that that was fair to my mom yeah. or my dad to kind of raise the child that, you know, I decided to have. Yeah. Although, um, somebody at church came over and, and they, before I even had her and said um, that they wanted another child and no matter what I had, they wanted to adopt the baby. Oh, wow. So um, that opportunity was there as well, but that, you know, again, that's just something that, you know, I made the decision. Mm -hmm. And so I have to, I have to live with, you know, the consequences or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it turns out to be a blessing because, um, you know, I, I did meet somebody finally, you know, I moved back to North Carolina and I met somebody, um, at my first office job and, um, 
turns out that, you know, we couldn't have kids together. And I don't know if it was me or him. We never got tested, but we tried, you know, for about three years and nothing ever happened. So we just didn't get tested. I was just like, you know, if it's meant to be, it's going to happen. It wasn't one of those things that had to happen. You know, like some people get really focused on stuff. Um, It was just, I I always believe that God has a plan for my life and it's going to be the way he wants it anyway. I don't need to help him. (laughs) He's, he's, he's all powerful to me. So it's going to, if, if it's his will for me to have another child, it's going to happen. And if it's Mm -hmm. not, then it won't. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. So and I'm fine with that. You know, it's just, yeah. that's, um, so how I guess old is I'm your daughter kind of, now? My daughter is now 41. <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. So I have a 41 year old daughter and, um, she has a son who's 15. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So I am, uh, he calls me Niha. Nihao, which is really hello in Mandarin. Nihao, yeah. if you say it yeah. correctly. <laughs> hello. Um, and it's from a little, um, it's from like a, um, it's a, it's a little kid's cartoon. It's, it's how to teach kids how to speak, um, Chinese Mandarin to English. And it's a little girl called Nihao Kailan. It means hello Kailan that, but he thought her name was, I guess he thought it was two names. And so he's just started calling me Nihao. (laughs) So Nihao is my name. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's right. smaller than me now. Oh, well, maybe that's not too hard. <laughs> I know. That's right. Yeah. Short little thing. <laughs> well, they say, um, what is it? Great things come in small packages or something. <laughs> so, that's right. Like little that's pocket exactly rockets. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I love it. Um, so in, the, in your 20s then, what were you doing? What was your, did you worked in an office and that sort of thing? Yeah. Is that what you did? Yeah. So I worked, um, I worked in an equipment company for a little while. Well, I mean, I started a very, very hard jobs because the first thing I, I was in church and I heard these guys talking and they needed to hire uh, a man to carry the toolboxes. Right. And I, I was like, hello. Hi. You know, I said, I need a job. So I'll be there Monday. And they'll go, you're, you're a girl. I'm like, oh yeah, I am but I'll be there. As long as you're going to pay me, I'll be there. And, um, that was my first job. I, I helped them. It was laying carpet and vinyl. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and then, um, this friend of mine, she was like, no, this, you cannot be doing that. So she got me an interview at a place where she worked, which was an equipment company. And yeah. I ended up, um, being hired there. And, um, and then I, I still did, some stuff on the side, like, um, trim carpentry, you know, anytime I'd heard somebody say they need help, I'd be like, Oh, I can do that. Um, my dad always taught me to say yes and figure it out later. If someone (laughs) says, can you do that? You always say yes. Uh Always say yes. So I do. I just say, yes, I can do that. (laughs) And I'll get home and go, Oh my gosh. (laughs) It isn't. It's I'm glad we have Google now because you can say that and then go work it out and Google can tell you. Yes. Yes. How do I do it? That's right. Back then you couldn't do that. And, um, but I always, uh, it's gotten me in a little bit of trouble every once in a while, just because, I mean, I come home with like thick, you know, little jobs, you know, you need to learn this before you come to work here and stuff like that. But I, um, 
once I left the equipment company, I went to work for American Airlines, which yeah. is a, yeah, a big um, airline here. And um, same situation came about where, you know, I'm sometimes I'm a little slow learning some, I think I'm kind of like, I need to hear it like two or three times. Then I got it. Once I got it, I, I, I'm good. I'm good to go. But uh, I need to hear something a couple of times. And I saved up for a whole year because I was a single parent. So I saved up a whole year extra money to go work for the airline because it was coming in my area. The pay started lower than what I was making. Mm-hmm. But I heard that you could get bonus bonuses and, mm-hmm. and raises really fast. So I went to work there. And you know, you'd go to break and people would be missing and you'd like, where'd they go? Well, if you didn't catch on or if you didn't do good in a quiz, um, they would just escort you out. And, um, wow. So I must've did bad on a quiz and that, you know, it was break time and here comes the teacher and she's like, Teresa, you're staying behind. And I thought, oh my gosh, everybody left. And she comes up to me and I said, if you tried to take me to the door to escort me out, I am not leaving. I worked, <laughs> I saved up for a whole year to come to work here. And yes, if I didn't do good on this quiz, okay, I'll go home and study. I'll do better tomorrow, but you, I'm not leaving this building. <laughs> and <laughs> she just looked at me and she said, okay. And I mean, I wow. did, I studied, I got better and I think I was working there maybe, maybe a year. And I ended up being a trainer for American Airlines. So I trained people. Um, I opened up the Caribbean department, me and another guy for all of American Airlines all the way around the world. Oh wow! Because back then they only had domestic travel or international, yeah. or if you're using your um, what they would call the advantage miles, if you use their, yep. their mileage plan, but they didn't know nobody, nobody, there was nobody for the Caribbean department. So we opened up the whole Caribbean department mm-hmm. and, um, and then they changed the computer system and they chose me to teach the, all the, all the, you know, students as well as management. And I, so I think that's just funny you know, and I, I, I count that as a win because yeah. like I said, it might take me a minute to catch something. Once I get it, I got it. But I always say, just give me a minute. Let me hear it one more time. Because <laughs> you know? I'll stack my wins in my life. I'll go back and stack yeah. my, I call it stacking my wins. I don't think about the things that didn't go right for me. I only think about the things that went right. And then if I have to do something really hard, I think about what I almost didn't do but look, I stuck through and I got it. So I won, you know, and I just, once I stack everything up, then I'll go, of course I can do whatever this is. I'll get it. You know, don't, you know, you might get down for a few minutes or whatever. I I do allow myself a little bit of time, you know, to wallow for about 10 minutes and I'll go, okay, you can do this. So pull up your panties and just (laughs) do it. it. I always love, we've talked on the podcast because I've got a teaching background. Um, and so, and had a, a few children. Um, so that kind of education side has been a part of my life for a long time. And we talk about how we as a culture, and I think there's not that much difference between Australian and American culture or UK culture or Canadian culture, we're all quite similar or New Zealand 
Um, but the way we look at failure as well, that we don't embrace it as much as we should for the lessons that it learns because it teaches us so much when we when something doesn't yeah. work because we have this stigma against where no something being a failure um we don't then look at it and go oh but actually I learned not to do it this way or I learned yeah. other things from it and now I won't make that mistake whereas if you're always um you know getting things right all of the time it would be a pretty vanilla boring sort of life really too yeah in some ways just- so that that changing that kind of culture I think ultimately would be really healthy for us yeah I think it well the way I look at it is um I say failure whatever but to me it's like um a challenge an opportunity to like try something else you know do something new learn something which I I mean I'm always trying to learn something you know my it drives my family crazy my you know (laughs) Uh, my friend's crazy because they'll go, I can't keep up with what you're doing right now. Like, what, what are you doing now? <laughs> and, uh, and um, I, you know, I just say, like I said, I say yes to things. I just, um, a book just got released. So um, I just had a book released last wow. week. Um, yeah, let me see if I got it right here. Oh, yeah, I could reach down there for it. But <laughs> so I, um, yeah. So it, um, in December, I got asked to, um, did I want to um, be in a book? Like yeah. um, it's, it's with other entrepreneurs around the world. And yeah. I said, well, yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> like at first, like it, sometimes you don't recognize an opportunity yeah. and you say no to something when you're like, and so I looked at this email and um, I thought, my first thought was, do they mean to send that to me? Like, <laughs> do I want to be, <laughs> like, do they send us the wrong person? You know, and I, I had just ran. So I hopped in the shower and I'm washing my hair and it hit me. Oh my gosh. God just gave me another opportunity. I <laughs> Like get the shampoo out of my hair. Like I've got to go back to the, you know, I got to hurry up and respond to the email and say, yes. Although yeah. I've never read, I've never written anything like that. Um, I was just like, but it, it can't be that hard. I mean, people, people do it all the time. <laughs> so I read, what was the book about? It's, it's um, 49 entrepreneurs all the way around, all the way around the world. And it's um, global conscious entrepreneurs. Oh, beautiful. Um, so we're all trying to make some type of difference around the world yeah. with whatever you're, you know, whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I can put and, a uh, link to that too in the show notes as well. Oh, that's we'll awesome. That. Okay. Yeah. I can email it to you. Yeah. yeah. And it just, by the time I went to bed on the day it, it went live, um, it was number one in five yeah. different countries. Awesome. And I think it's number two and number three in two other countries. I, I, I'm sure I could ask somebody else in the book and they would know, but <laughs> I, I didn't do it to, um, make any kind of money off of I just did it because I thought it was a really good opportunity to of course test my limit you know like can I really do this and because it wasn't a whole book I didn't have to come up with all the chapters I just had to come up with my chapter yeah and you know it's a little bit about my my background what happened you know in my life and how I kind of changed myself um and then you know, about what I'm doing in my life and 
and running is in there. Of course, it's um, we'll get to running uh, in a minute. menopause. <laughs> You know, menopause to marathon is my uh, chapter. Oh, oh, I love that. That's beautiful and so yeah. important <laughs> for ladies of our age. Um, so, exactly. So, um, like I'm thinking you got to, you had a career in um, the airline, American airline. Yeah. And what happened after that? Did you? Um, yeah. Um, well, I just decided that it was time, it was time for a change. Mm. And, um, and they weren't doing quite as good in my area. So mm -hmm. um, some, some changes were happening that I yeah. didn't really like. So mm -hmm. I decided to change and um, I ended up in insurance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, my neighbor, it's just so crazy. My neighbor <laughs> works in insurance and um, long story short, um, there was an opportunity at her office to, to work. And I turned down the first opportunity because it wasn't paying as much as yeah. what I was making. But then they must have liked me. The lady, came, the manager came back and called me and said, hey, we, we kind of, we, we kind of made this new job and I just, I just know that you could do it. And she told me the salary and it was salary, not hourly. So, yeah. and all the benefits. And I was like, okay, I, I'll do it. Uh, again saying yes and I have no idea what I'm doing and um I'm still friends with this one girl um my very first day she told me what to do and you know here you need to put this you know you need to work these files mm -hmm. you know and I said okay well do you want them in the cabinet alphabetically she's like looking at me like I'm crazy I'm like okay do you want them how do you want them in there? I mean, do you want it this way? And she said, you really don't know what you're doing. And, um, again, I captured the moment because, um, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like cattiness with, mm. you know, I don't like people talking behind my back. I just, I'm one of those people now that let's just get it over with at the get go, you <laughs> know, instead of, you know, because before I would just let people talk about me, you know, yeah. behind my back and, you know, they are. And so I just, I just said it very, very loud. So the whole floor, everybody could hear me. And I just said, you're correct. I don't know what I'm doing, but they hired me anyway. <laughs> and I'm going to learn, you know, and this is it. And, um, she was like, she rolled her eyes and walked away. We're still friends. That was uh, a long time ago. And you know, and that was, it, it's a pretty hard job what mm -hmm. I was doing. And at first I really did not know what I was doing. It felt like a foreign language. Um, but again, you know, my dad, I can always hear him in my, you know, just say yes, just say yes. Mm -hmm. So I'd walk around and as people said words that I did not know what these words were, I would just write them down. And I'll think I'm going to look, I'll look that up later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like, I'm going to figure out what that is. <laughs> and um, and now in that field, um, I'm actually in my, in my state, I'm, I'm one of the best ones that does what I do. Like I have headhunters that reach out to me wow. at least every week. Somebody's saying, Hey, saw your, you know, saw you on LinkedIn, you know, would love to offer you a position. Um, it's just kind of crazy that, but again, that's one of those things that I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn it. And when I learn it, it's good as gold. And 
and I have several designations behind my name and insurance. And one of them is a big, it's the hardest one you can get in, in oh the country, God. in our country. Yeah. Um, if you have this designation, anybody in insurance, no matter what you do in insurance, this is the designation everybody wants. And so I thought I might as well go ahead and get it right. These other two girls, have. <laughs> that's always my mentality. They've got it. I don't think they're any brighter than I am, so I can do it. <laughs> yeah, it took a while to get the designations. I, I had to study for six years to get the three designations. I oh, so <laughs> but, you're still insurance, still in insurance. Is that that's what you're saying? Yeah, I did mm-hmm. that full time, but um, I hopefully, you know, my next, the next thing I will be doing is the coaching that I'm doing on a part time kind of on a part-time basis right now is just really coaching ladies through perimenopause and menopause Uh, because um, the light, your life is not over. mm -hmm. And some of these women that I hear talking about it, I mean, you can really, if you just focus, well, you know, where your focus goes, energy flows. Everybody says that, you know, it just, whatever you're focused on, you're hyper-focused on stuff. If you're always just thinking about all these symptoms that you have, that's all you're going to be thinking about. And it just sucks you into a, a, a depression. Yeah. And um, so flipping back to, I was on a very low level um, hormone replacement therapy. Mm-hmm. And during COVID at the beginning of COVID, um, my probably about May, my medication was just cut off. No advance notice. Um, oh, they wow. couldn't find it in the country. It was not to be found. And my doctor, um, he, uh, he he just kept leaving voicemails. If you need medication, um, you know, leave your name and number and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. And this went out for two and a half months. And then finally he said, um, I've closed up shop. I went to work at this other place. I've sent everybody's files to this other doctor. Yeah. And that was it. Am I a primary care physician, he also retired. So I couldn't get my medication and both of my doctors, you couldn't get up with. Mm. That was it. And you couldn't find a new doctor because Mm. it was COVID. Half Mm. the doctors didn't even want to service the people that they had. So how are you going to get? No, I thought too hard. And so my coworker um, also at the same time got diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, Mm. And she was my age. They opened her up on a Monday. She was in the hospital. And I mean, excuse me, she got to the hospital on a Monday. And on Friday, they did surgery. They opened her up and closed her and sent her home to die. And that was it. And so all this was happening all at one time. And then I had to take on all her, all her work as well as Mm -hmm. mine. Because, you know, who's hiring? Nobody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just like, everybody's in lockdown. And so I found myself on my yoga mat, just in front of my desk, just crying on the floor. I don't know why. I mean, I know it's the hormones I'm off the, you know, have no medication. And I was just spiraling on the inside and I never had any anxiety like that before. And I just thought, you know what, if my coworker, if she could change places with me right now, she would in a heartbeat what she wouldn't give to know that she can still live. And here I'm crying and she is dying. Mm. And I just, to me, that's when I just said, okay, you know, I always say, pull up your big girl panties, you know, pull it up, 
between your crack all the way, like, and snap out of this. And that is, that turned out to be the name of my six week program is called snap. (laughs) (laughs) But I learned, you know, I had already been thinking about midlife and, you know, what some of these people were putting out there and it just seemed like ladies in their forties, like, it just seemed like everybody was like, well, this is it. This is going to be my life forever. You know, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I thought, what the heck? Like, no, excuse me. I mean, I was just like, you know what? I have to show people what's possible. What women have got to know what's possible. I'm in my fifties. So that's when, um, this past year, like I just kept, you know, since that time, just like showing people what you can do. I just kept on doing my half marathons during COVID. I probably did seven. I had already signed up for seven or eight half marathons. And so I just did them virtually. Um, no excuse. You signed up for them, just do it. And then last year I decided that I had eight weeks to prepare, but I got an opportunity to, to do the New York city marathon. And they called me at the end of August and they said, we we have a, we have a bib. It's on the charity team. You have eight weeks. Uh, of course I didn't get the first phone call because I finally got COVID. And I was oh. sick. <laughs> so I was delirious. And I thought, you know, when I got, when I was reading my email, I thought, okay, I think that they just said I can do the New York city marathon. Let me, let me just save that email and I'll go to the next one. And the next one was we've, um, uh, we would like for you to be an ambassador for Knox gear, which is, um, uh, the, these things that light up yeah. at night when you're running, you know, in the dark. Ooh. And I thought I must be delirious. Like every email is about <laughs> something really good for running, you know? So I thought, let me close the emails and I'm going to go back into them like in a couple hours when maybe my fever will break. Cause I, <laughs> I think I was at about 102 degrees. <laughs> and then my friend texted me and she said, Teresa, we've been trying to get up with you for the, you have made it for the New York city marathon. And I thought, oh my God, it's real. Like I didn't make that up in my head. And I had eight weeks and um, this is like a Wednesday, I think. And on Saturday, I thought I've got to do a long run, right? I haven't ran in 10 days. So I, I ran 11 miles, you know, just coming off of COVID. And, but I was like, I don't have time to like pretend or not even pretend, but like, to to say I can't build up or anything. <laughs> I can't build yeah. up. I'm already there. Like I have to like yeah. just hit it. And um yeah, I did it in eight weeks. Wow. And um then I heard, you know, not by a lot of people, but a few people, you know, oh, she did New York City, you know, one and done. So I thought, okay, all right. <laughs> I hear you. In my head, I'm like, I hear him, I hear him. So just to prove everybody wrong, I am now doing the Berlin Marathon in September. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. Oh, I'm like, I've just got to prove to people that you, you can do anything your mind, you know, whatever you want to do, why fixate on the bad stuff? Yes. You know, I have hot flashes and um, night sweat sometimes if I make bad decisions, you know, if you have you know, if you go to bed and you've had some sugar or red wine, um, grains, I mean, those are like inflammation mm-hmm. kind of things and your hormones can't, they just put you back to baseline. Yeah. But if you eat right, you can control some of this stuff that you're mm-hmm. going through. And that's 
really, I was already deep diving into that before my medication got, you know, cut off. But during that time, I, I realized that like, you have to be, you have to be able to control it yourself without doctors, mm. without medication. So now that's kind of what I'm doing is just showing women that you can do it naturally. It's not perfect, but, yeah. but you know, the symptoms we have are natural symptoms, but if you get on medication, you know, sometimes you get on something and then you have this symptom and then you got to take that to you offset gotta, yeah, that one. It and, becomes a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah. And you can end up, I mean, I've known women that have ended up getting on like 10 different pills for different things. And just because they're offsetting all these different things and really, I mean, I know that, like I said, I know that it's not perfect, but I help women get their mindset back to where it needs to be. Mm. Like get away from the overwhelm, the anxiety, and let's get back to somebody living a joyful, prosperous life, something let's concentrate on all the good that is going on instead of all the bad. Yeah. And um, that's really what I'm all about. And I show that like I have a private Facebook group yeah. and then in that group, I'll run um, challenges. So like in March, I ran in a 30 day movement challenge. Yeah. And the last one I did was only 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And do you know that I only had like four people commit to that? And yeah. I'm like, one was my mom who's 81 and I'm like, oh. I'm really going to let an 81 year old beat you. I mean, seriously, or is that what's happening here? That's you know? Crazy. And, um, and so this time I've got 15 in the 14 in the group, okay. which is awesome. I'm so excited because, you know, it, it's just showing them. So, you know, this time it's only 15 minutes, but the 15 minutes you know, I say like, if it's the end of the day and you forgot to do your 15 minute, walk out your front door and walk seven and a half minutes out your front door and then come back. You're done. Nice. I mean, you're done. Easy. You can't get any easier than that. No, but um, I love it. I, it's so important for women to keep on moving. And yeah. like, like I've known people that are very sedentary and they're like, well, I've had, I got this you know, this hurts and that hurts and, that, and they'll just keep on making excuses. And I say, you know, I tell them just stop. I mean, you, you really, all you're focusing on is, okay. I had one girl, she had knee surgery and I said, okay. And she's one of my clients. So I said, okay, for you, you want to do it. So let's just concentrate on your arms. You got little three pound weights, 15 minutes. That was when we were doing the 10 minute challenge. Okay, you can, or you got your walker. Now you can walk with the walker because she had knee surgery. Yeah. Okay, walk for 10 minutes and you're yeah. just around your dining room table. I mean, it'll probably take you 10 minutes to go around twice or three times, but you're, you're doing something. You're not sitting there on the couch. Exactly. Just, you know, waiting to die, I guess. Yeah. To me, that's just such a waste of effort that some of these ladies are putting into their lives. They're just... I don't know. Yeah, I just, I, our culture again very much promotes a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah, you know, what we can be entertained and and just sit there and have food brought to us and have entertainment in front of us and we don't have to move and because of our our brains have not really evolved apparently since we were you know either chasing our food or being chased to be something else's food. Right. So, yeah. um, so the, because we haven't evolved, we, we, um, the protection mode for that is that we rest as much as we can because any minute now we might be in danger, but because 
we live in a modern world. Yeah. We're actually not in danger as a rule most of the time. Yes. We don't need that flight and risk flight and fight response. Yeah, fight and flight, yeah. Yeah. But um but yeah, because we we haven't evolved, we have to, like you said, um make ourselves do those things. And and maybe that's there's a a lot of people struggle with the with the resistance element of yeah that, there is a the lot of resistance to get, to get out because of that because our brains haven't evolved beyond that and I think if you get just like get an accountability group accountability partner and that's kind of what that group is and I tell them you know I run a lot I do mm. yoga but you all make me more accountable because I know that you're going to look to see what I did that day yeah so I can't like today I've been traveling and I worked I'm traveled um and going to a little birthday celebration tonight but guess what I will I will do my 20 minutes it might be up in the room and I might be doing yoga on the floor but or walk on the beach real quick but I'm still going to get the 20 minutes in because I know without a doubt somebody's going to look to see what I did and um and I said and I'm looking to see what you did you know like I'm your accountability partner but you're mine too so they help me work on my core because that, you know, a lot of runners forget that, you yeah. know, and if you've been running for a long time, like you have 30 mm-hmm. something years and I've been running for 20 something years. Um, it's so, it's just like, um, it's, it's a habit, you know, yeah. like it's just part of our world. It's our life. I, I, it's just part of my daily routine or, you know, so many days a week I run, you don't really think about it anymore. You just That's do it. Do. It's, it's just what, what you, you do. do and you don't but sometimes you don't like my doctor says uh my physical therapist you know engage your core engage mm-hmm. your glutes because if you don't he said you're you're such an efficient runner now that you when you're running up the hill you forget you know squeeze those butt cheeks you know yeah. <laughs> so that your hamstrings and your glutes stay strong you know and you don't want that wonky butt <laughs> it's just that thinking I was always amazed when I first started running and thinking about that stuff in my twenties was that if I thought about it, I actually could feel the muscle in that, whatever the area was that I was thinking about us, which is, you know, what the engaging is about. And I thought that's, that's actually really cool. (laughs) Yeah. And we forget to do that. We forget because it's such a, it's such, you know, oh, it's time to run. And then you just show up and you go and you forget like, because you've been doing it. But when you learn something new, you're always thinking about each process, Mm, like learning how to, you know, drive a five speed you know and now after a while you drive the five speed you know you can talk on your phone drink a drink you know (laughs) be on a hill back up you know it doesn't matter but when you're just starting out you have to think really think about that but after a while your mind already knows what you're doing so you don't put any thought into it because it's autopilot doing it and it's Um, so good for your mind it is um Teresa when did why did you start running as an adult I know you said you were, you've sort of yeah. pretty much been exercising since you were 14 in yes. some way, but why did you start running? Tell us about that, about 20 years. Well, okay. I started, um, so at some point I started lifting weights with my husband. So I weight lifted oh. with him for 10 years wow. <laughs> and then, um, my shoulder, my right shoulder, I don't know what happened, but I had like some kind of a hitch or a pinch or whatever. When yeah. I was doing bench pressing, it just kept sticking. And so he'd have to grab the bar. And so one day we get to the gym and he's like, okay, it's, um, it's shoulder day. What are you going to do? And I thought, oh gosh. Um, and I looked around and I was like, 
well, there's a treadmill. I'm going to go. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to run. He said, but you're not a runner. And I said, I know, right? (laughs) Let me get a try. And it was kind of cool. I was like, I did probably better than I thought because, because I never, you know, I've been exercising, but exercising to me was more like um, resistant exercises, Mm -hmm. lifting weights and stuff like that, but not a lot of cardio. Mm -hmm. I didn't think because of my size being so short, you know, I just didn't think I was born to run. I wasn't, (laughs) I wasn't born to, for being physical like that because everybody had always told me like, Oh God, here she goes. She's going to do a somersault. Watch it go sideways. Watch her, you know, so all that physical stuff in my head, I was like, I know I can't run, but Hey, what, what the heck? Let me just try it. Right. Cause I've never really tried. And I, I don't know how far I went that very first day, but I thought, you know what? I kind of like that. It kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was a superstar or anything, yeah. but I liked it. And then, um, that went on for a while and I finally moved up to like two miles per day. Yeah. And I remember when one of my neighbors across from me did two miles, she said, oh, this is just a, I said, how far did you go? I'd always like try to catch her outside. Like how far did you run? And she goes, oh, well, I'm, you know, in a big hurry today. I only could do two miles. And I thought, wow, two miles. And she's in a hurry. I thought, wow, that sounded like really a lot to me. <laughs> and so when I finally moved up to two miles, my other neighbor on the other side, she said, she stopped me one day when I was running and she said, well, how far are you running now? And I said, I don't change my clothes unless I'm going at least two miles. I thought, mm-hmm. Ooh, I made it, you know? And, um, and then Renee Zilwiger, whatever, I can't even say her name. She was in the, a movie where she had to gain all that weight. And I can't, I cannot remember what the name of that movie was, but that was right when that was happening. And it was on the tip of my tongue, but she had to lose weight. And so she was in an article in the People magazine and it said, well, you know, you're trying to lose weight. How far do you run? She said, I'm running three miles a day. And I thought, well, gosh, if she can do that, and she's like 35 pounds overweight, I can move up to, I'm going to move up to three, starting today is three miles, you know, and that was it. That was my, that was my bottom line. Like I was like, all of a sudden, just one day, it was like three miles. And then, uh, and then I moved it up to six, like on the weekend, I was like, yeah. okay, I'm going to, I'm going to move it up to six going, you know, without stopping. Mm-hmm. And right about that time, that was this year would be 19 years. So about that time, my dad got sick. Um, and I needed, this is when I was so glad I was, I had decided to run because really running is such a good way to just get out your stress, your anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, to talk to yourself, your self-talk for the day or whatever. And I would process on the weekends. My long run was then processing during the week. What did the doctor say? what's the prognosis? What's Mm. the next step? And I was the one that was for my family. I was the one that was going to all the appointments. This is before cell phones, you know, everybody had one. And so I had to email everybody, you know, what happened every week at the appointment. So, and everybody had to be on one email because, you know, you couldn't tell one person ahead of time because Mm -hmm. favoritism. Right. So Mm -hmm. that was just when I decided like, I've got to get I've got to start running longer because 
by the time I'd get to six miles, I mean, I was already back to where I started and it was so cool because that's when my thought process was like, wow, you really can digest a lot of stuff when you're running. You can figure things out and you, and it's so, it happens so quickly that like, you're already back to where you started. Like, you know, and it was a mirror, you know, for me, that was a miracle that I, I, you know, I ever got it. The first time I got up to six miles, I went home. I said, I'm the, I laid on the couch with my legs out and my husband was like, where are we going to eat tonight? And I'm like, I don't know if I can get up. Like, <laughs> I thought I was like a big shot. I'm like, I may not be able to get up off the couch today. Like, I don't know, you know, like it was such a big deal for me. Like I had to call my mom, you know, I had to call everybody and tell them I went six miles. <laughs> and, and, um, and then I started preaching about running, how good it was for you, not just physically, but mentally, because that really helped me. And that, and that's when I started doing yoga too. I would do yoga just one time a week mm-hmm. on Mondays, because it just seemed like Mondays, people were just had the resistance going to work. So Monday at lunch, I would go to a yoga class just to start the week off. Right. Yeah. And, um, that also helped me mentally too, but, um, so yes, I started running and I started running so much that I actually liked that better than lifting weights. And I couldn't even believe that I liked cardio. <laughs> it was so cool. It was, I don't know. I just loved it. And I, and then I started working, um, on running with other people. It took me yeah. probably six years before I started running with anybody. I never mm-hmm. even knew that there was running groups because that's before the internet, and <laughs> yeah, you know. We didn't have all these things you can look up now. And um, yeah, and I found this woman's running group. And then I trained with two girls that were running a half marathon. And they're like, why don't you go with us? But it's it's sold out. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go unless I'm doing it. And um, I said, well, let me know the next time you're doing one. And, and I'll do it, maybe, you know. And a couple months later, they decided to do another one. And so I signed up for my first one. and And I did it. And I thought wow, this is really cool, you know, that, that I did that, because I really didn't think I could do it. In fact, when I came through the finish line, I mean, I started crying, because it was so emotional for me, because the girl that was called the the pizza, the pizza place, (laughs) just did a half marathon, you know, and I just wanted to go back to all those people and go, look, hey, look, you know, (laughs) look what I did, you know, and, um, but I have to tell you this real quick, because I don't know how much time we have, but I, it took me 85 half marathons. I did 85 half marathons oh before God. I said yes to doing my full marathon. That's amazing. <laughs> like, that's incredible. Because so many people, will, well, they do a 10 kilometer, they do a 21, and yeah. then they go, what do I do next? Like, a lot of people don't collect 80 odd half marathons yeah. before they decide to move up to a marathon. I that, know. That's amazing. It's fascinating. I just thought, well, I, you know, I've got a little, a few little things that happened to me. You know, I, I, I had to work on being able to do a half marathon and stay, I have chronic dehydration. So yeah. that, and I live in the South, so it gets very, very hot. Mm-hmm. So I've had a couple little scares and, um, you know, one race that I took an ambulance ride from, oh, wow. um, this past December was 10 years. So last year was, um, 
you know, I try to do a theme every year. So last year was getting over my fear of a few things that I did. One was a trail run that I got lost on a trail run. And that was back when my dad was still alive. I got lost and they had to find me and um, bring me to the finish line. I was the only one out there, but the, you know, I have to tell you that when I came down the first hill, I was running a little bit slower. I was the oldest one out there. That was yeah. 18 years ago. I was the, the slowest one out there, but I was also the oldest. Um, when I came down the first hill, the volunteers were gone. What? So I didn't know which way to go. <laughs> so I took the wrong turn. So that's why they had to find me. Um, they said it was, it's a 5k, not a five mile. And I, I, I yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they found me. So I signed up. I did one in February of last year. And then in December, um, there was a race that I did 10 years before, which I didn't realize it had been 10 years, but I said, I would never do that race again because I dehydrated. I ended up in an ambulance going to the hospital on IVs, whatever. All the things. Um, I was fine, you know, after I got fluids and stuff, but that race, I said, I will you know, you're never supposed to say never, but I, I was like, I'm never going to do that race. Um, my friends were like, when did you know you were dehydrated? I said, my, by mile two or three, when I saw the, the, it was a, it's a race by Christmas. So it was the reindeer. So it was Vixen. Oh. Oh. And they said there was no, you know, every mile marker was one of the, one of Santa's reindeers. Yeah. And they were like, you must've been delirious. There was no, there was no reindeers out there. I don't know what you're talking about. It took a whole year until they went back. They all went back to the race. And then they called me and said, um, sorry, you're right. The mile markers are reindeers. I'm like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> so you really had lost it. <laughs> yeah. And I got an email from the guy that runs that race on a Wednesday. And he said, hey, I qualify for something. If you do this race, you qualify for whatever it was. And I thought, you know what? That's the race I was afraid of. And this is the year I said, okay. So I signed up for it. It's a 10 miler. Um, this, this past year, December, it's just a couple months ago. Um, I came in first in my age group. What? <laughs> That's amazing. That's awesome. I went back and I did it. Yeah. And, uh, and doing a full marathon was one of those fears too. And that, that was a little bit of, because my dehydration, I know what happens yeah. and I do get a little wonky in the head because mm -hmm. it does affect you and your family, you know, with them saying, we don't want you to run that far, you know? So I had that in my head. So I said yes to the marathon before discussing with anybody. Cause okay. if I discussed it, it would have been a no. Yeah. So, you know, so that was, that was last year. So that was just getting out of my fear of, you know, doing revisiting some races that scared me or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, had bad experiences because you don't want to, you don't want to end that race knowing, you know, that 10 miler really took me down. So, you know, I just, exactly. I just loved going back and proving, I mean, I wasn't trying to be first. I was just trying to be standing up at the end. <laughs> like, like I'm not going to push it. Even one time I was like, okay, slow down you know, it doesn't matter. This, this girl, she looked at my, you know, she, I thought she was in my age group. I was like, it doesn't matter that she just passed you get it out of your head. Mm -hmm. All you're going to do is concentrate on standing up at the end. That's it. Don't, don't think about anything else. And I had to keep saying that in my head, smile as people pass you. It does not matter. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and just do your race. It's for you. And, um, I mean, I thought that was, that was pretty cool to end the year, uh, you know, with conquering a couple of fears that I had. And I just want, I want other people to feel that feeling. Mm -hmm. I want other ladies to feel that thrill of, um, you know, not letting age or something hold them back Mm -hmm. from doing something, you know, just, just do it, just say yes. And just try to do it. Do you think you're, um, you're motivated by races or, or something else that keeps you running? Like what, what keeps you training? Is it the fact that you keep signing up to events? Cause obviously to have done 80, um, 80 odd yeah, marathons <laughs> and you put that in 20 years, that's still a lot of <laughs> racing. 86 now. Yeah, 86 it's, now. <laughs> it's still a lot of racing, is it? And there's obviously there's other races yeah. that aren't 21. So, <laughs> that aren't yeah. Aren't yeah. Aren't, so, so uh, um, well, I mean, I've what do you think up, motivates I've, you? <laughs> I think just um, knowing that I can do it, proving yeah. over and over again to myself and to keep on showing up for, for that one person that's following me, that is a silent watcher, mm-hmm. you know, they don't like a post, they don't comment on a post, but I might get some, a personal message every once in a while saying, Hey, thanks for, thanks for keep on showing up. You keep on showing up. You keep on showing me what's possible. And those little private messages that I get that motivates me to keep on going because I know that there's somebody out there that's watching me and I want to prove to them that you can keep on doing this. And yeah, maybe one day I won't be able to do half marathons. Maybe I'll end up doing five K's, you know, I'll still be out there doing something because to me, exercise, you know, besides sleep, I think energy comes next Mm -hmm. in my life. You know, you, and if you don't, you have to, always make sure that you're in a good state of mind. So you have to put yourself in a good state all the time. Um, And you can control that. If you see yourself going in a bad way, you need to pause and take a moment. But because I do stay in a very high, for me, a high level of energy, a high level, people go, even my husband's like, can you please just sit down for a minute? Can you sit down? Can you just, can you just watch this one little thing? (laughs) <laughs> it's only it's only two minutes and I'll go oh, okay I, two minutes I can watch it you know but he's always like trying to get me to sit down and, and I do I rest when I need to but I feel like there's so much to do and there's so much to like show people that you can do it and um so like I'm you know 59 now and like what's possible out there mm. You know, I just want to keep on showing up. I want people to go, oh my God, it's that girl again. I call myself a girl. It's that girl again. I think, I think that's my mentality too. Like, I don't really call, I'm not really a lady. I'm a girl, you know, like I'm just like, (laughs) I'm a cool girl. (laughs) I think that, you know, I have a young mentality. I don't always think about my age. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, if someone said, Hey, do you want to go roller skating tomorrow? I'd be like, oh my God. Yes. Of course I do. I mean, my legs might hurt the next day, but if you ask me to do something, I, yeah, I'm right there. I like, I want to do it. <laughs> I want to have some fun. I want to have fun. I want to have a very, um, I mean, I think life is, you know, here for us to live it. And I, I just don't want to, at the end of time, I don't want God to say, 
let me show you, if you had just kept on showing up, let me show you what your life could, would have looked like, mm-hmm. but you, you chose the easy way. So look, you got what you got, but mm-hmm. if you had just said yes to a couple more things, let me show you what that could have been. Let me yeah. show you this. I don't want that to happen. I want him to say, oh my gosh, you came sliding in sideways, didn't you? And I'll be like, yep, I was right in the middle of my to-do <laughs> when you called my name. I wasn't ready. I was putting on my shoes. You know, I was ready. You know, I want it to be like, you know, she didn't slow down ever. Yeah. You know, I didn't wait for something to happen. I, w- I want to just, I want to show people what, especially women, I don't want people using age or gender as a reason why not to do something. Do you, so, with the, you talk about me, uh, menopause and perimenopause. Have you found that that's, that your running in particular has been really helpful for that? Like, does it feel like that's been it, a benefit? I think, I think for me, it's been very helpful to keep mm-hmm. on running because if you're going to sweat anyway, you might as well run, <laughs> right? If your clothes are going to get wet because you're going to have a hot flash, get your butt outside anyway. Have a reason to get wet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I think it does help. I mean, there's like some studies done about, you know, women that do exercise, their, yeah. their hot flashes and their night sweats are quite not quite as bad as women that are sedentary and women that smoke, mm-hmm. they tend to have worse um, symptoms than yeah. people that are exercising. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it, you know, cause perimenopause, most people don't realize they're in it until you get hit in the head. And that's what happened to me. Like when everything just came to a head, like you don't put it together yeah. until you look back years later, I started having skin issues. Like, um, I got melasma, 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 like a pregnancy mask mm-hmm. where it was just like my freckles, you know, just all connected. So my face oh, wow. was like, just my family's like, what happened? I'm like, my freckles are like, that's not freckles, you know? Like, <laughs> so I, and then the doctor gave me something, you know, to put on it. And then because of that, I got hyper and hypopigmentation. So a couple of little dark spots, a couple of little light spots. Wow. Then several years later, then I got rosacea. Yeah. You know, about set six, seven years ago. Go to the doctor and the dermatologist. By this time, he's like, Well, here's the good news. I said, Okay, give me the good news. He said, <laughs> Rosacea. And you know what? You've almost got every skin issue that there is. Mm-hmm. That's the good news. There's not much left left. <laughs> there's not much left for you to prepare for. I'm like, okay, okay. Right. (laughs) Gotcha. So, I mean, that was, you know, those little things, like most women don't put that together, but Mm -hmm. it's your hormones are fluctuating. So all of a sudden you're allergic to stuff that you've never been allergic to, or you're having a reaction to something like, why am I having a reaction now? I've been eating the same thing for, you know, 20 years. I mean, just little things start happening and that's part of the hormones fluctuating and things are changing inside and you just have to roll with it. Mm. But those are the little things I talked to a girl the other day, she's 49 and she starts telling me how she's got eczema and now it's gotten worse than it was. You know, it's all over her body now where it was just one spot and 
but she's not in perimenopause. She said, but I'm not in perimenopause. And I was like, um, but you are, <laughs> let's talk about these other symptoms, you know, and then it's like, you don't realize it. And, um, so my goal is to start a movement yeah. in the United States. This is a movement that I'm starting, you know, to talk to everybody I can talk to about perimenopause and menopause, mm -hmm. because we are half the population. The doctors in America are not trained on hormones. It's an elective here. So, and they elect not to take it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like why take it? Um, they're not taking it. So your gynecologist will pat you on the knee and say, honey, you're okay. You know, here's a prescription and it's always for anti-anxiety medication here. Yeah. That's what they try to give you. And uh, my coworker um, last week I met with her and she said, why does doctor keep trying to give me Wellbutrin, which is anti-anxiety. And I said, I said, he's trying to give it to you because you're going through perimenopause. Mm -hmm. She said, but I'm not anxious. And for two years, he keeps giving her this medication. Oh, wow. and she Last year she took it and she said, all I did was get dizzy. And then he said, no worries, I'll give you this. And then you won't be dizzy. <laughs> so <Different>. she, <laughs> so she had two medications and she didn't, she wasn't anxious to begin with. And she's yeah. leaving with two medications. Oh. Like why? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, about two weeks ago, it came to me that like one day I'm going to be on Capitol Hill. I'm going to be in Washington, D.C., talking to legislature about perimenopause and menopause. Like it's not going to necessarily help us now. You know, we're, you know, at a certain certain age now, you know, like where you made it to the other side, but you still have issues, you know, you're still going to be affected by hormones because it doesn't ever like really go away. But, you know, after you go through this, you know, you are past the point or your reproductive age longer than you are in the, in the, in the time that you can have kids that yeah. you're in your period. Yeah. Um, so why aren't we focusing on that? Mm -hmm. You know, why it? aren't we focusing on midlife in America? We're not, in fact, you know, half the actresses where you see stuff, they're photoshopped, mm. you know, they don't, you can't see any wrinkles on them. And you're like, that is so fake, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and some people always use like, they're always using like Snapchat and they're always like using filters. filters and then when they yeah. look in the mirror, they, they, they can see what they look like. And that is putting women in a very depressed mm. state because they don't look like they do on the filter. And what are you going to do? Have somebody follow you with a filter on? You are who you are. Like, I mean, yes. Do I want somebody that, you know, walk behind me and hold everything up? Okay. Just, you know, make me look like that. But it's, it's not real. And we should be, you know, these are the wisdom years, you know, and we should be revered. We should be like people should be coming to us for our wisdom. Now we've, we've lived through some things, right? They should be coming to us and not trying to dismiss us and make us look in, in, invisible. Yeah. I mean, and that's where we are in America. This, my age group is invisible. Even actresses say it all the time. Like you go from your vixen to now you're paying, playing the mother of mm -hmm. the vixen. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> What, what's in between there? Like it, it's just overlooked a lot and we should be, we shouldn't, it shouldn't be like that. 
We shouldn't try to hide who we are or what we look like. This is what age looks like. I mean, I'm I'm privileged. (laughs) Yes. I'm privileged to have, you know, some wrinkles. Mm. I've got plenty of friends that never made it this far. Mm, They left, they left this world without a wrinkle Mm. on their face, Mm. you know? And so it's a privilege to have wrinkles and that's the way it needs to be looked on. Yes. You look at yourself and you go, Oh my God, when did that happen? That's never going to change. You're going to be like, Oh, what? (laughs) You know, those, you're always going to have that response sometimes when you look in the mirror, but you know what? Embrace it. You're, you're alive and you're here another day and just, just roll with it. I mean, I I just hate that. Um, yeah. With, with your running, when you look at your, the running that you've done, what do you think running has brought to your life? If you had to choose just one thing, it's just one thing that you would be missing out on had you not started running as a regular exercise. Wow. Oh, that is hard. It is. Because I think the first word that popped in my head, I'll have to go with that one in but that's a word that pops in my head a lot is gratitude. Yeah. Um, because of running, I think it's helped me with so many aspects of my life that I'm so, I have so much gratefulness for Yeah. that it's just kind of wrapped it up in a package because it's helped me to embrace who I am. It's helped me embrace, um, you know, when you are going through the bad times, Mm -hmm. because everybody does either going into something, you just came out of something, you're about to go into it. So that something's going on with your life at all times, Mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. And running helps you just focus that little bit of selfish time on yourself. Mm -hmm. If you run by yourself, or if you're with a group, you know, you can help somebody else that's vocalizing that they're going through a hard time because runners talk about everything they do <laughs> the good the bad the ugly where we're eating and what's coming out the back end I mean exactly. it's, just like, it's, it's it's a lot of fun because you you do get to see people in a high but you also yeah. get to see them in a low too when you because you still show up even if you're not even when you start running sometimes it's a good run sometimes it's a bad run yeah and everybody's the same way. And um, it just makes me grateful because I, if I do want to run with the group, I have people that are going to listen to me and help me work through whatever it might be. If I run alone, it helps me just internalize some things and just kind of break it down in my head what I want to do or listen to a podcast. A lot of yeah. times I do listen to a podcast because that's just something real easy that you can just listen to and just go, oh gosh, you know she's got something in common with me. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I that, that's, that's the word that, mm. you know, I wake up with every day. I go to bed with every day is mm-hmm. before I fall asleep. I name three things that I'm grateful for. That's mm-hmm. what I want to go to sleep with. That's what I want on my brain because your subconscious is going to be thinking about whatever it is mm-hmm. that the last thing you put in there is what it's going to think about. So for me, just thinking about being grateful for whatever it is that day, it, the next morning you wake up and you're already happy because yeah. you're, you're so grateful. 
That's, yeah, that's that's a very um, a very useful technique that that I've heard in the past as well. And just you know, what's going on in our heads while we're asleep, we often don't use it to its full extent. Like our brains are yeah. so powerful, and a lot of things oh, yes. actually go on while we're asleep. So we should be, you know, at least um, having some effect of what's happening, rather than it just being a random thing and allowing our brains to do whatever they want. At least we have a little bit of a um, yeah, an effect on what's going to happen when you, when you sort of try to pre-program it a little bit <laughs> like that. It's so true. It's so true. I mean, I've even, um, I've even given myself like where I was trying to figure out something and I just couldn't get it. And I thought, you know what? I gave my brain an assignment. I mean, yeah. I do that every once in a while and I'll go, okay, this is what you need to think about tonight. Just work this out and tell me in the morning the answer. And I, I mean, sometimes you do wake up and you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. I got it. Because, you know, just think about it. If you're reading a book that's really intense mm-hmm. or you watched a movie that's very intense in the middle of the night, you wake up and you go, oh, the book, like, oh, I figured out who did it. You know, like you wake up, like you yeah. know, in the middle of the night, you're thinking about something crazy and then you make yourself go back to bed, but that's exactly how our brains work. Yeah. So if you can't figure something out that's what I do. Anyway, I give myself an assignment and go, okay, just figure this out for me. Okay. Just, it, it sounds crazy, but figure this that. out That's your assignment tonight. And then in the morning, you know, not every time, but a lot of times I'll wake up and I'm like, Oh, at least I'm a little bit closer to figuring out what it was that I'm trying to think. And I'll think outside the box. Um, yeah. And I used to, go to bed thinking about some insurance stuff and that's not good exciting you know (laughs) that is not good and so I had to stop that because I knew what was happening because I was trying to figure out something on somebody you know I was like got to go to bed with something good on your brain so that you wake up with something good on your brain and or, or give yourself an assignment if you're trying to figure something out and then it's gonna work I mean it it does work I I've I've actually given people, mm-hmm. uh, my, my Exercise, clients, I've yeah. actually, yes. And they'll call me and they'll go, Oh my gosh, <laughs> it worked. It worked. I can't even believe you did. You know, like they can't believe, cause I'll say this sounds crazy. Just try it. Yeah. What have you got they to do lose? After yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Try it sometime. Yeah. All right. I have kept you so long, Teresa, you're sitting in a car. <laughs> on oh, the other wow. side of the world late in the afternoon um I'm watching the sun come up here and you're I'm seeing obviously it's still daylight there but it'll be going down before we know it um before we wrap this up though I wanted to ask you is there anything about running in particular that you wanted to share that maybe we haven't touched on in our conversation um I would just say if it's something that you've been thinking about maybe you're just listening to this and maybe you're not a runner yet but you're thinking about doing it. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare yourself to somebody who doesn't have kids at home that has more time or has been doing it for 20 or 30 years. <laughs> like just do you and don't be afraid of the process and start small. I started like doing a half a mile. Mm. I mean, and now look at me. Okay. But it did take a long time, you know, <laughs> I mean, it took a while to get up to that, but you know, just don't beat yourself up, but don't compare yourself to anybody but you. And I think that 
I mean, that's for anything you do in life, but especially with running, because I hear that a lot. Like, I don't think I can move up to that group. I'm a mentor for, we have running, um, we have running um, stores here. I'm yeah. sure you do there too. So I'm a mentor for one of them. So last mm-hmm. night there was a girl and she keeps staying in the group behind me. I, I pace for a 10, 11, 10, 11 minute mile. Yeah. She is in the 11, 12s, mm-hmm. but she keeps gate. She's right behind us. And so last night I finally just said, you know what, at some point you need to trust yourself and let go of your fear and just try moving up. You don't have to commit to it. Yeah. Just try next week to move up to the 10, 11, go halfway. If you want to go back to the 11, 12, go back, but try to, you, you know, you're holding yourself back and you're right. I mean, you, you let, you ended up right beside me and yeah. I'm the mentor for the 10, 11. So you're already doing it. Yes. You know, so just take the fear out of it and just try it. Yeah. I love just that. try. Don't, um, yeah. And make sure you get some shoes that if you are going to go, mm-hmm. make sure you're in the right shoes because that over anything will, you know, if you're not wearing the right shoes, you could tweak a, you know, your hip yeah. or your back or something. Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you yeah. feel yeah, injuries are no fun. So <laughs> we don't want those. Yeah. Yeah. But just try it. I mean, anybody that's listening, if you're listening, I mean, yeah, just do a half a mile like I did and just move it up. I only moved up a quarter or half a mile at a time until I got to where, you know, where I wanted to get, which was, you know, just like the movie star. She does three. I'm doing three. (laughs) Off we go. (laughs) Yeah. Before we go, do you, um, do you like trails or road more? I know you'd mentioned trails before and getting lost on a trail. I just wondered whether you, uh, which one you prefer or if you don't have. I, I am a road racer. So road, you know, tra- um, we have greenways that are kind of, you know, we run on the greenways, most of it. But this weekend I'm doing, there's a hundred mile run. Yeah. Um, in my state that is, is known in the United States. It's called the Umstead 100. And I'm an actual um, pacer for that. I do a lot of crazy things, but I'm a pacer, just one loop, one loop. So they, these runners have to run 50 miles before they get a pacer. So after 50 miles, you can get a pacer. So I, um, Saturday night at seven o'clock on Saturday night here, I'll be pacing a group and it's, um, it's about four, it could be four to five hours. I'll be out there. Oh, wow pacing somebody yeah so, so that's a pretty how long is a loop how far is a loop it's only 12 and a half miles yeah but it's very um it's very, very hilly and, and there's some technical some spots that are just like a single trail not far yeah. not long but there's a couple little yeah. single trails in there yeah oh, wow. so I only you know I do that once a year but it's so much it's it's so rewarding to help somebody out there get through that you know because they really want to get the 100 miles especially if it's their first time you know um last year I did it with a lady who she is um I think it was her 22nd um year doing it yeah so I'm like oh my gosh it was so incredible yeah it's so I just love doing those Yeah. Yeah. When I get a certain age, I'll, I'll move to the trail and I'll just start doing the long, you know, I'll be an ultra runner then. Yeah. Of course you will. Why not? Yeah. Why not? (laughs) It's the next next step, right? 
It is exactly. That's where I'm heading. So, I know. Yeah. I can't wait. Exactly. Um, oh my God. So before we wrap up, I usually ask for tips for beginner runners, but I kind of feel like you maybe gave some of those a minute ago anyway. Is there any specific tips for beginner runners that you would like to share? Um, do you think? Well, make sure you have, okay, besides the right shoes, the yeah. socks, do not wear cotton socks. Please don't do that. You will, you'll get a blister. So you do need to wear some good socks with your shoes. Yeah. Um, and um, because your bra, your running bra may chafe you, mm -hmm. make sure that you roll yourself, either put Vaseline on yeah. or we have body glide here. It's yep. called body we glide. Yep. We have body glide. Okay. <laughs> okay. And make sure you roll that on yourself because, you know, besides the shoes, the bra is the second thing. Yeah. You've yeah. got to make sure, and it doesn't matter if you're big or small. It does not, it does not matter. Make sure you make sure you got on one that actually is, can hold you in, Yeah, you know, even if you're small because you don't want it moving. So you might want to go a smaller size just to hold you. Um, but those are, you know, those are some big tips right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they sure are. Yeah, I've had issues in all both of those areas over the years. <laughs> Me too. Yes. <laughs> Messed up a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's how we learn. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. <laughs> all right, Teresa. It has been awesome to get to know you. Wow, you've just it's full of fun, lots of lots of goodies. Um, and I'm sure everyone's gonna get some wonderful stuff out of it too, especially us perimenopausal slash menopausal women out there and what's yes. going on in their lives at such send them my important... way I've, I've got so many tips for um what to eat what not to eat yeah, and drink and all that kind of stuff i will um i will put some links into the show notes about that too don't jump off okay. i will um say goodbye to you off the recording as well but okay yeah, i'm very grateful for the time that you've shared with us i appreciate it so thank i'm you. grateful too it's been a great experience thanks michelle Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.